Tonight we're going to continue looking at the wisdom of God revealed uh, to us through a little man named Agur. Uh, we do not know much about Agur. We do know the Bible tells us here uh, he is the son of Jake. Now that doesn't mean much to us. We do not know who Jake is. Uh, but he's the son of Jake. We do know that he begins uh, this section here in Proverbs 30 by declaring these things, these things that we're studying, that we're looking at, to these two other guys, a guy named Ithiel and a guy named Ucal. Now, we're not sure much about them. Uh, they are probably less known about them than, than uh, Agur does. I assume that they are his friends. Uh, maybe they're somehow his companions. But we do see that he wants them to have and to use godly wisdom. And so again, here's these two guys. He is declaring these things to them in the 30th chapter, and he wants them to have and he wants them to use uh, godly wisdom. Now think about that for a second. Uh, today in our world, look at, look at the world we're living in, the, the culture that we're living in, uh, there is an absolute absence of godly wisdom. Again, I said it this morning, I was watching the news uh, just a couple of nights ago, last night I believe, and the things you see are really absurd. And the things that people are saying are true are absolutely absurd. We're living in a day where there's an absolute absence of godly wisdom. Now let me tell you the two reasons for that. Uh, the first reason is most people today do not have godly wisdom. Through this study on Sunday night, through our study in Proverbs, uh, we have learned, and hopefully you've learned this, uh, godly wisdom is primarily gained through time spent in God's Word. Uh, God's Word is the truth. God wor God's Word gives us His wisdom. And if we're going to have and be able to operate in godly wisdom, uh, that's primarily going to come from time spent in God's Word, reading God's Word, hearing God's Word, thinking about God's Word. The other thing is those today who do have godly wisdom uh, are not diligent to share it. Think about that. There are folks that they do have godly wisdom, but for some reason, whatever reason, maybe they're distracted, maybe they're busy, uh, they are not diligent to teach others God's wisdom. Well, we see here Agur, he wants these two guys to know uh, God's wisdom. When we started the chapter, we heard first the oracle of Agur. Now, if you remember that, in that oracle, in that speech, uh, he declares that wisdom is from God. Now, he's looked in many places. Uh, he has come up short. He says only God has true wisdom. And so that's the first declaration. Wisdom is from God. True wisdom is only found in God. And so we heard the oracle of Agur. Last week, we heard and we looked at the prayer of Agur. Now, if you remember that prayer, in that prayer, he is really seeking contentment. Uh, he says in his prayer he doesn't want too much. Uh, he doesn't want too little, but he wants just enough, and he wants to be content in the daily provision of God. And what God has given to him, uh, he wants to have contentment, that he would be satisfied with what he has. Well, those are the two things we've started with as we moved into the 30th chapter. Uh, this week it now changes, uh, the format changes and he begins pronouncing or giving these pieces of wisdom. The rest of the 30th chapter is going to follow this format. Uh, Agur is now telling these two guys, hey, God has true wisdom. 
hey, my prayer is that I'll be satisfied and content. And then he begins to tell them, give them, pronounce to them these pieces of godly wisdom. Now, God has given them to him. Understand, this is the word of God. And now he passes it on. Now, what are we to do with that? Now, be sure of that. And we've come across this several times. What are we to do with that? Listen, we're to hear God's wisdom, uh, and then we're to heed God's wisdom, which means this. We're to take it in, and then we're to put it into practice. Through this study, we've seen how we're to treat other people, how we're to respond in certain circumstances, how we're to control our mouths, how we're to do business. In God's word, we see how we are to organize our home, how we are to be and respond as married people. All of these things. Well, it's not enough just to hear God's wisdom. We are to heed God's wisdom. So the thing is, here we are tonight. We're going to learn some things here tonight. We're to hear those things, and then we're to walk out of here, and we're to say, you know what? I want to put those into practice so God is pleased, God is blessed, and that he's able to bless me as well. So what are we to do with this? All right, he's going to lay out some pieces of wisdom. We're to hear those things, and we're to heed those things. All right, we're back in Proverbs 30. We're going to start back tonight in the 10th verse. All right, 10th verse. Here's a piece of wisdom. It says this, Do not slander a slave to his master, or he will curse you, and you will be found guilty. Do not slander a slave to his master, or he will curse you, and you will be found guilty. All right, first off, the Hebrew word for slander, it means to accuse. Now, I think maybe sometimes we have a negative connotation. We probably should in our understanding. But here the Hebrew word, it means to accuse, or most literally it means this, to talk about with your tongue. And that's the most, that's the most basic understanding, to talk about with your tongue. And so the wisdom here in this one verse is do not talk about with your tongue, do not accuse a slave to his master. Now, I tried to find and I tried to look and, and discern. It doesn't say if it's justified or not. It doesn't say, well, he has right to go to the boss. It doesn't say that he doesn't. So it doesn't say if he is justified or not. It just says, do not use your tongue to talk about a slave to his master. Or he says, this will be the result. He'll curse you and you will be found guilty. Now, what this means is, you go and say something, whatever the reason is, you say something, and here's what happens. When it's all said and done, it comes back on you. You go and say something, you know what, I'm going to go find this boss, and I'm going to say something, and when it's all said and done, you're the one they're cursing. You're the one they've got an issue with. The boss is upset with you. The slave is upset with you. And it all comes back on you. Here's the wisdom. Do not meddle. Do not do it. Now, here's what I think. I read this verse and I think, but what if they need to know? What if they need to know? What, what, if, what if it needs to be addressed? What if it needs to be addressed? Here's, here's what God's word says. Here's the deal. It's going to come back on you. 
I wonder how many of us here tonight would say, yep, that's what happens. I went and I thought, you know what, I need to tell them what's going on. I need to tell them, hey, here's what's going on. And when it all shakes out, everybody's mad at me. Everybody's upset with me. All right, that's the first verse, verse 10. Do not slander a slave to his master. He will curse you and you will be found guilty. All right, there is coming another change here. It kind of winds around as we move through the chapter. For the next four verses, Agur is going to warn about four certain types of people. Uh, now his point is, be aware of these type of people. See, Mark, uh, note these type of people. Now sometimes as we go through life, we overlook signs about people, which means this. We, we deal with somebody, maybe it all goes south, maybe it all turns crazy, and you go, you know what, I should have seen the signs. I, I saw they were crazy. I saw the signs. But we, look, we overlook them. Well, I knew their parents. Well, uh, they're trying this. Well, I think they're, they're okay. Or we excuse signs about people. Now, the Bible tells us some things that we're to, to mark and we're to see, but we say, you know what, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And we, we overlook, we excuse these signs about people. Well, over and over again, I think it's a, a very interesting thing. The Bible says, watch certain people. Do you know that? Bible says, mark, note, see certain people. Be aware of those people. Take note of them. Well, starting in verse 4, there are four types of people that, who are not desirable. And that's what we're going to see as we work our way through it. Starting in, in, here in this verse, in these four verses, we're going to see four types of people that we need to understand, that we need to see, and we need to understand these are not desirable people. All right, starting in verse 11. There is a kind, there is a type of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. Here's the first person we're to see, the first person we're to consider, think about. There is a kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. Now, this tells us there is a kind of person who speaks ill of his home. They speak down about their parents. It actually says they curse their father. They do not bless. They have no words of blessing for their mother. Now what that means is they're not thankful for their parents. They're not thankful for their home. They're not honoring of their parents. They're not honoring of their home. Uh, this kind of person, now think about it. It's talking about a type of person. This type of person they are accusative. This type of person, they are negative and foul. This type of person, they are willing to, and they're looking to blame others. And maybe that's the thing we see here. You know what, if you'd have had the dad that I had, or if you'd have had the mama that I had, or if you'd have grown up in the house that I grew up in, and they were sorry, and they didn't do this, and they didn't get these things done, and, and they're not trying to find a way out of it, they're blaming their problems on them. They're accusative. They're looking to blame others. Here's something else they're doing. They're looking to get others to join in. Instead of trying to find a solution, they're looking for folks to jump on their parents and maybe go down and run down their parents. And here's the wisdom of God. Be aware of this kind of person. This is the example. This is really the symptom 
but it's telling us about a kind, a type of people. Now, I want to be careful here, and I want to say something. And I, I think it's important to say, because you may be sitting there, and you may be thinking some things, and, and you don't want to say those things. There are some parents not deserving of honor. There are. And there are some parents that were not good parents. And I don't, you can go down the reasons why they weren't good parents. And there are parents that may have even been harmful. They did harm. It wasn't negative. It was, they actually did harm. And so here's the question. What are we to do about that? Now, those parents, that's how they were, and that's the truth of how it is. What are we to do about that? Now, I, I really looked and thought, and here's what I came up with. The best thing we could do is seek better for them, which means this. They probably need to find Christ. They probably need to find the hope and the joy that we have in Christ. And so maybe you need to pray for them. Maybe you need to be a great example to them. But the first thing you could do is, is seek better for them. And then here's the least thing you could do is be silent about them. Be silent about them. You know what? I, I'm not going to help you out by going and running them down and saying all these things. And so, you know, what? maybe the, the most God-honoring thing I can do is just be silent about them. Well, here in this type of people, these people are not wise enough to do that. They want to blame them. They want to accuse them. They want to keep the pot stirring. They're not mature enough to do that. Let me tell you something before we move off of that. And if you had good parents... Be thankful for good parents. Be thankful for good parents. All right, verse 12. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. Here's another kind. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. Now, this is talking about moral uh, filthiness, really. They do not seek to honor Christ. Now, that's not a concern of theirs. They're not trying to live by God's word, and they live in sin. Now, they excuse it. They laugh at it. They invite sin in. They, they swirl around in their life. They walk in sin. You know what? We're going to sin. You know what? It's going to be all right. We're not too upset about it. And, and they are walking in sin, living in sin, accepting of sin, promoting of sin. And here's what it says about that person, and they're fine with it. They've, they've excused it. They're fine with it. They overlook it. They pretend. Uh, maybe they're bold and they just are flamboyant and it doesn't bother them. These kind of people, they're false. Uh, they're, they're trying to excuse sin. They're false. These kind of people, they are corrupt. They are selfish. They are devious. Well, they're not that bad. They're, they're okay, aren't they? Listen, they're devious and we're to be aware of that type of person. I have noticed something, and I figured something out. In 17 and a half years of talking to people in this job, I can tell, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be honest with you, I can tell when somebody comes in, maybe they come into my office, and, and they come in and there is trouble, and there is an issue, and they come in. Now, usually these type of folks, they get hauled in by somebody. Some guy's got them by the shirt or by the ear, and they drag them in. And they come in, and they say all the right words. 
and they know all the right verses, and they, they pretend, and they, they've got all the great explanations. Well, I, I this, and I did that, and my parents did that, and you, couldn't, you can't understand the pressure I'm under, and they have all the explanations, and they have all the words, and you sit there, and you sit there for an hour, and they go on and on and on. And here's what I've decided. You know what, for a person like that, I'll just be honest with you, there's no hope for that person. They're not ready at that time. They're not ready at that time. But I want to tell you something. There's people and they come in, and when they come in, they're broken. And they come in and they, they look at their shoes, and they're honest with you, and they say, you know what, I've got this problem, and I don't care what the problem is. I've got this problem, whatever it is. And I have it, and I did it, and I knew better, and I still ran to it, and I regret it, and I hate it. And I'll just tell you this about that person. No matter how big the issue is, there's sometimes I sit there and go, man, you've cooked up a mess you're not ever getting out of. Man, you've cooked up a situation I don't know you're ever getting out of it. Let me tell you this. I don't care how crazy bad the situation is. If they'll say, you know what, I've sinned and I've messed up and I, I hate that I've done this and I regret it, I want to tell you this. There's hope for that person. Do you know that's where the gospel takes hold? If we'll admit our sin, that's the start of repentance, and we can turn from that sin, and we can turn from Christ, and he'll make all things new. Listen to that verse again. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. Verse 13. There is a kind, oh, how lofty are his eyes, and his eyelids are raised in arrogance. I don't, I don't know the inflection of anger here, but it, it kind of makes me laugh. He starts off and he says, there is a kind. And then he says, oh, how lofty are his eyes. This is a person, and they are proud, and they strut around, and they are full of themselves. Uh, they Here's the picture here. They look over everybody. Their eyes are lifted up. They look down on everybody else. It says, and their eyelids are raised in arrogance. Can you almost picture that person? I can almost picture their eyes, how they, how they look at people and they go around. They may trip over something. That kind of person, they are arrogant. They are self-focused. They are prejudiced already. They've decided about others. They are better than everybody else. They're stronger, smarter, and richer. What they have is the best. You ever met that person? If you got something, they got something better. If you got one of them, they got two of them. Where they go, it's better than where you've ever been. What they eat, oh, it's better than what you eat. What they do, it's most to be cheered. Oh, look at the things that I do. And I think about how wild that the wisdom of God, the word of God says, watch out for those people. A couple thousands of years ago, it says, watch out. It warns us of those type of people. I thought about those kind of people. You know some of them. That kind of person, they're hard to trust. And I'll just tell you why. It's because they're about themselves. And they're not for you. They may, they may say they are. If you can help them around for a little bit, they may act like it. But they're not for you. They're for themselves. They're not kind to others. Let me tell you this. You can tell a lot about a person and how they treat others. And I don't care if you're at, at Walmart or at Brahms or, or somewhere, if you're doing business with somebody, if you're out on the street, you can tell a lot about folks by how they treat other people. These folks aren't kind to others. Same reason, it's all about them. And here's the thing. They are most unlike our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
They're most unlike our Savior, Jesus Christ. Think about him for a second. He knew who he was. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And yet the Bible says he humbles himself. And he comes as a man, but not as a king, not as, not as somebody born in a, in a palace with a, with a crown on his head. He comes as a humble servant. He comes as a servant that would suffer. And he comes as a man in the lowly conditions, uh, starting with his birth. Uh, the Bible says, Jesus says, there's no place to lay his head. He doesn't have a fancy house to go to. And then he takes our sin, he goes to the cross, and he does all of that in great humility. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says, when pride comes, then comes dishonor. Let me, let me just add a clarification or an addition to that. Boy, isn't that true. And when you think you're above something, you know what, I'm above something. You know what, I, that doesn't pertain to me. You're going to get humbled. And you can cruise through, you know what, that's not going to happen to me. I, I'm above that. When pride comes, then comes dishonor. But with the humble, there is wisdom. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction. You're prideful. Here is coming your destruction. And a haughty spirit before stumbling. There is a kind, oh, how lofty are his eyes, and his eyelids are raised in arrogance. All right, verse 14, last verse. There is a kind of man whose teeth are like swords and his jaw like knives, jaw teeth like knives, to devour the afflicted from the earth and the needy from among men. There is a kind of man whose teeth are like swords and his jaw teeth like knives, to devour the afflicted from the earth and the needy from among men. This kind of person, now it's kind of a weird description here. This type of person, this kind of person, takes advantage of those who are needy, uh, takes advantage of those who are not able to defend themselves. Uh, they take advantage of folks that are in bad spots. Uh, this kind of person... Look at the description of the verse. They'll chew those people up. That's what the verse is saying. This type of person, they have no character. They have no grace. They have no kindness. They have no integrity. And they prey on those type of people. And it says here, they will chew them up like the high interest loan place for people who are stuck. Like the liquor store for people with addictions, like the lottery sales place for people who are hopeless. Oh, this might be your hope. Like price gougers when there is a shortage. I, I remember, it's, it's funny, uh, things happen. I remember one of the events uh, where there was a run on gas, and there's been several, of course, my, across my life, 9-11, uh, other events, something would happen, COVID hits, and for some reason, everybody wants to run and get toilet paper and gas on those days. Uh, but I remember there was a time there was a run on gas. And, and in one really about three-hour period, just on our little old town, just on our little old street, gas went up a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars, just, just cruising, just started going up. And there was this one gas station, and, and the, the guy that owned that gas station said, this was the price. It was the price this morning. It's, it's the price I've set. And this will be the price. And I remember it wasn't very long. They ran out of gas. Everybody bought the gas, and they ran out. 
You know what? God saw that. God saw that. Be aware. There is a kind of man whose teeth are like swords and his jaw teeth like knives to devour the afflicted from the earth and the needy from among men. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come, and I'm thankful for you tonight. I'm thankful for your word that leads us to Christ, that leads us to our Savior, the gospel. It's the power of God, power of God unto salvation. I'm thankful for that, but I'm also thankful for your wisdom that you do not just leave us to live, leave us to fight it out, to see how it goes, but you tell us this is the best way to live. And there is peace in my truth. And there is happiness and joy and security and safety and comfort in my truth. Lord, I pray that tonight we have heard. I pray that tonight we walk out of here ready to heed. And I pray, Lord, that that we are different, better equipped, better built, uh, leaving this service. Lord, I pray for parents here today in a world that would rob away the role of the dad and the mom, change it, distort it, mess it up. I pray for parents that are hearing truth May this be the the foundation of their home, the truth of Christ. Lord, I pray for kids here today, all ages, uh, some of them here listening, some of them here uh, taking this in, others that have already moved, gone on. I pray for our kids, Lord, that, that you would bless them, that you would lead them. I pray that your truth would be known to them. Lord, help us in that. Show us grace, some of us, where we... We messed that up and we didn't get enough put in. Lord, I I pray knowing that you're faithful that you would show us grace in those situations. I pray, Lord, for older folks here today wondering uh, what does the future hold. I pray that they're encouraged, built uh, for these years, these days in your truth. I pray, Lord, for the church, uh, for each member of it, each piece of it that we're being equipped uh, to stand, to endure, to point to Christ in these days. Lord, we come tonight and we just tell you we're thankful You are worthy of all thankfulness. We praise you. You're worthy of all praise. We honor you. You're worthy of all honor. And so we come and we close out this Lord's Day and we ask, Lord, that you would help us, that you would use us, that you would bless us. And then I pray, Lord, that you've been pleased in the effort. You've been pleased in this day. And I pray that we go into a new week, a new day, carrying high the the truth of our Savior, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.